don't want to be strong like men who look pretty. I want to be strong like bitch that fight bears in the forest. Welcome to another episode of Bitch vs. Bear with your hosts, me, Amber, and my bestie, Sydney. Woohoo! We are co-owners of Shield Maiden Training Co., and this is a show where we bitch, laugh, and chat about all things fitness and wellness related to women and the LGBTQIA community. That is exactly what we do. It is exactly what we do. I, I love that we finally have <laughs> figured that out. 66 episodes in. No. We got it. We got, we got it. it. It's fine. We are wrapping up January. Amber and sitting I are playing. In different we're sitting in different <laughs> spots and we're playing footsie under the table accidentally. Can't figure out how to configure ourselves on <laughs> different sides of the table. It's going well. So, yeah, end of January. And this is the time of year. It's been dark. It's been cold. We're post holidays, all of those things. And we've mm-hmm. been talking about, you know, getting ourselves to the doctor, which is. So for some of us, a very large hurdle. It can be, yes. Yeah, for a multitude of reasons. But one of the things that we wanted to draw some attention to, maybe you don't consider this when you're thinking about getting like your physical and, and making doctor's appointments, is the importance of regular mental health checkups. What? I know, right? So a lot like your normal checkups with your doctors, your uh your your mind can also utilize a checkup with a mental health professional, and there, yeah, I mean it's a it's a pretty good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're not somebody who kind of normally considers getting an annual mental health physical, um, I think there's a lot of reasons why. One, it's just not something we think of as like part of our cycle, and there's also like this pervasive stigma around mental health still even in this day and age Mm -hmm. where we're all much more comfortable talking about it and so stigma the stigma arises from a lack of understanding of mental health right there's a lot of kind of ignorance and misinformation around it and also because people have negative attitudes or just overall beliefs towards mental health issues there's a lot of prejudice there yeah we generally think of two types of stigma the public stigma, which is the reaction of the general population, mm-hmm. and then the self-stigma, which I think more people have than they realize that they're, it's okay for their friends and family to go to <laughs> mental health professionals and seek guidance and support. But, oh, I, I, I don't need that. That's no. not for me. Yeah. So uh-huh. that self-stigma is definitely like very very pervasive i much more so now i think than that the more public stigma yeah i think i think public stigma has not disappeared but lessened relented i don't know it seems much more acceptable and and mainstream to seek therapy at this point yeah so our doctors approach our annual physical as an annual wellness visit. Our doctors will personalize the appointment based on our medical history and guidelines for our age group. Along with our vital signs and other observations from a physical exam, this information helps our doctor determine whether we are at high high or low risk for certain illnesses and what tests might be appropriate for us. Similarly, our mental health professionals can allow for early detection of potential issues as well. 
screening for depression, anxiety, sleep issues, drug and alcohol use, domestic violence, and postpartum depression for new parents. Those are all, I mean, yeah, who... I would I would like somebody to be like, hey, there are some warning signs, right? <laughs> like if you're living it every day, you probably don't recognize behavioral changes and like those kinds of things. So having yeah. an outside perspective to just be like, hey, the last time I saw you, things were different. Yeah. What's been going on? You know? Right. Yeah. I, like if you went into your doctor and had gained 20 pounds or whatever, they would talk to you about that. Yeah. It's like the but scene like, from the Santa Claus. When he's like, I've gained 15 pounds in a week. You should definitely see your doctor about yeah. that. And his doctor's uh, like, well, what have you been eating? And he's like, mm, cookies, milk. Mm. <laughs> like, it's kind of kind of similar. Yeah. So you go into your therapist and they're like, well, what have you been thinking about? <laughs> cookies, the apocalypse. Milk. Cookies, milk. <laughs> Okay, so probably there's some of you out there listening who are thinking to yourself, oh, I like this topic, but nothing in the last year has changed that I would need to go and, you know, talk to a mental health professional about. Mm -hmm. But according to the National Alliance on Mental Illness, about 18.5% of all adults in the U.S. experience some kind of mental illness in any given year. Mm -hmm. And of those, a a little over 4% are subject to an illness or disorder, which significantly constrains at least one major life activity. Yeah. So when I think about that, it's like, okay, something's going on and I no longer like to do the hobbies that I once did, right. or I have a hard time getting out of bed or my, I, I'm now binge eating. Like it's, yeah. it's impacting kind of like those daily living things. Mm-hmm. Also, approximately 7% of all U.S. adults undergo at least one bout of depression annually, hmm. and more than 18% of adults experience some kind of disorder related to anxiety, for instance, phobias or obsessive-compulsive disorder. Wow. Like, okay. Yeah. So, you might be thinking to yourself, this doesn't impact me, but there's a strong likelihood that you're going to fall into one of those percentages at some point. Yeah. I mean, those are not small or yeah. insignificant percentages. No. Okay. So <clears throat> while we are encouraging annual visits to a mental health professional, we would be remiss by not stating that consistent visits build a strong therapeutic relationship between you and your mental health professional. This relationship is crucial for effective treatment as it fosters trust, open communication, and collaboration between yourself and your selected mental health professional. While you may only think of visiting a therapist for things like depression or anxiety, there are many other benefits to building a relationship with a mental health provider, such as skill development. Many health professionals can teach and reinforce coping skills, stress management techniques, and strategies for dealing with challenging situations or just everyday life, which is pretty challenging nowadays. Um, Regular sessions provide an opportunity to practice and refine these skills. Yeah. I mean, I think it's I think it's such a beneficial thing to practice outside of like those the actual situation. Like mm. it's when you think about like playing a sport as a kid, you went to practice so that when you were game day, 
you know what to do. You know what to do. <laughs> Same concept. Yes. Right? Like, so they also help with personal growth. And I think yeah. most of us, you know, tune into uh, books or podcasts or things for that element of personal growth. Mm -hmm. Like, humans are naturally inquisitive. Yeah. So mental health professionals um, can assist with not only symptom management, but also with that personal development and growth. Regular sessions provide a space for self-reflection. We love that here on mm -hmm. Bitch vs. Mm -hmm. Bear. Anytime we can self-reflect and like do the work, I guess, <laughs> and also explore like your own aspirations. Because I think mm -hmm. a lot of times, yeah. especially now as adults, a lot of like what we wanted to achieve was put on us by other people and it's like is yeah. that really your goal is that really something you're trying to go for or is that a societal pressure is that a familiar ah, pressure yes. those kinds of things and this gives you a safe space to be like hmm i don't don't actually want to do that that's not part of my life plan yeah 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 and, and in that point there's a lot of that emotional support because they're creating yes. that safe space so that they can give you time to explore. There isn't like pressure to be like, you have to decide on this right now. Yeah. And that's really nice. And they have, they have no expectations or investment in what you decide to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unlike people, even, even well-meaning loved ones who think that they have your best interests at heart and, and are supporting you and maybe are, but they still have expectations of who you are yeah. and who they think you are and where they think you're going. Absolutely. Which can be hard. And it can be really hard to express your own thoughts and emotions to them. Like we tend to get a little bit more emotional when we're talking to people who have a vested interest in us. <laughs> what? I know, right? And so like having somebody who doesn't have that same level of vested interest, who just is generally like, I want the best for you with no other strings attached you're not involved in my life outside of this this is my work can be really invaluable yeah like they are literally just there to listen and support you yeah and help you build the tools that you need to get what you want it's, it's really great it is great you can find a good one i know right it also they can help with accountability and i think mm. that this is something that people don't always consider when thinking about their mental health professional it's much like you know going to the gym and having your gym buddies like regular appointments provide that sense of like accountability for following yeah. through with the strategies that you're talking about in your sessions right like so that oh, yes. whether that's self care whether that's therapeutic whether it's the exploration of like goals and reflection like they're there to make sure you show up one yeah. because you're paying them well yes <laughs> there's that component and and we know like when we pay for things we're more likely to in because we're invested in them right yes and so it can be really helpful for individuals that are kind of struggle already with accountability but mm -hmm. are also working on things like behavior modifications and lifestyle changes right exactly so regular visits can also contribute to normalizing the idea of seeking mental health support, you know, breaking down, continuing to break down that stigma. It reinforces the notion that taking care of your mental health is just as important as taking care of your physical health. I would say in some cases, maybe even more so. I would, I would argue could yeah. pretty much impact your physical health. Yeah. And vice versa. Uh, we truly believe in the interconnectedness of our minds and bodies. While you may feel that you are doing everything right for your body, 
Consider the last time you checked in with your mind. I would say many of us like to just be like, I'm going to stay active and busy because I don't want to hear my own thoughts. Because <laughs> checking in is hard. Checking and in is uncomfortable. Hard. It is. And we don't like to do hard and uncomfortable things. No. So your mind plays a vital role in your health and wellness. And you might be surprised at what you've been ignoring or sweeping under the rug. I think we can all say that. <laughs> I think there are always things that we're like, just I pretend it's not there. It won't be there. I mean, to be fair, I don't think I'd be surprised. <laughs> I think I think I'm very much aware of the things I sweep under the rug. I think I think people in our generation are. I yeah. do think that, and I know there's so many things on the internet and all of this going out. But you know, the the one of the biggest differences between our generation and the generation before us is we are not only incredibly aware of the generational trauma uh, yes but we're willing to address it yeah and there's been a, a long time stigma as we've talked about and i think that that's the biggest difference is that mm -hmm. we're willing to be like hey this happened and we're also willing to take ownership of whatever we pass along right and i think that's that's a big difference I think there's a bigger awareness for maybe our generation and, and onwards of, you know, saying, oh, we, we see what's happening. We see what happened to us. We see what happened to our parents and their parents. And, and we're not going to do that anymore. Or we're going to work on ourselves exactly. so that we don't pass this on again. And if we do, we're going to say not not just apologies. I don't care about an apology. I don't yeah. need an apology. I don't want you to apologize to me. What I want you to do is own it. Say, yeah, that that is exactly what I did. I did not mean to impact you negatively, but I did. I did. And I recognize for, that I did. I can recognize that I did. And I want to take action steps to be better yes. going forward. I think that's the important part. <laughs> yeah. Like, own what you did and then make a plan for how you're not going to do it anymore. I don't I don't need you to apologize for something that happened in the past. And I think that that's a big thing even just like we we go to the heart therapist to be like we see all of this. Yes. Help us work through it because right. There are people in our lives who refuse to <laughs> own these things. Yes, and acknowledge that there was trauma and, and things that happened and affected others yeah and it's like i'm not i'm not upset by the choice of course you had to make choices we all have to make choices yeah. and they impact others recognize the impact that you had so if you're listening to the end of this this is our wrap-up of <laughs> we really like going and seeking support outside of our family and friends it's so important and and it might take time mm -hmm. it it you know, this is like finding a therapist or a counselor or whoever. It it takes time and it takes trial and error because this is a person that you have to be comfortable with and you have to trust. And I can tell you from personal experience, it it's not the first, second, third, or fourth person. Yeah, <laughs> you have, be. you you have to. It's like finding the right gym. It's like yeah. right finding and. That person might be right for you in a stage of your life. And then mm -hmm. as things change and you learn and grow and other things happen, you have to find a new person. Yes. The therapist that I used when I was in my 20s is probably not somebody that I would go back to now because I was in a very different stage working on very different things, like figuring myself out. 
versus now where I'm like, okay, it's me, but also like the world around me and how do I, and like 22 year old me was like, what are good positive coping skills? Mm. Yes. 36 year old me is like, how do I break down generational trauma? And also how do we stop perpetuating racism? (laughs) Yeah. Like 22 year old me could not think of those things. It was a little more self-focused and that's to be expected for that age. Exactly. I think it's also important to think about, I feel like we might have, oh, I think we talked about this with like physical doctors, but like the same as with physical doctors, therapists have specialties Mm -hmm. and they have ways of treatment and philosophies of treatment that are different from each other. So like finding the right, the right person who can help you deal with childhood trauma, deal with divorce to deal with postpartum depression like those might all be different people yeah and likely will be yeah and then like finding the therapist who has an approach that you like because i know you know the couple different people that i've talked to one had a very like they had very different approaches and like one of them i was like i don't feel like this is progress like i don't feel like anything is being resolved i don't feel like we're addressing anything And so like that didn't really work for what I wanted to get out of it. Mm, Yeah. And then I found somebody that was like, oh, no, we're going all the way back. We're going to address all these things that happened in your past. And I was like, "Okay, all right, let's do it. You're like, oh, this is this is unbuckling the generational trauma. It's happening. It's happening right now. Packing my luggage. It's just like baggage is coming out. Amber walks in and just like, I've brought it all with me. Where should I put it? Every time I go to a new therapist, I'm like, here it is. <laughs> Unpack it. Just like mason jars. Because <laughs> we're millennials, so obviously everything's in mason jars. Obviously. <laughs> reuse, reuse. What is it? Reduce, reuse, recycle? Yeah. Yeah. All oh, right. hey, in case you didn't get it, mind matters. <laughs> we're big proponents of it. We think... You- Everybody should find somebody to talk to mm-hmm. that has a background maybe in this and isn't yeah. just your spouse or your best friend. Because I don't know if you can tell, but unloading your baggage is a lot of work. And your your best friend or your spouse doesn't get paid enough to help you unload it. That's true. Yes. So, unless you want to start paying them. I mean, there's always that option, I guess. I mean, I guess so. I don't know what you're trying to get out of it. It might be weird, but... You know, try and try and find somebody that you connect with. Think about it like your physical health. Even if you don't go consistently, think about getting checkups regularly so that you know what you're dealing with. And uh, keep tuning in because we're awesome. Well, yeah. And you're awesome. Mm -hmm. And together we make an exceptional pair. For sure. I think that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Or I'm just going to have to edit this. It's going to be great. Rap on January. Cue music.